Let's do this. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato. Commercial Peel Sports columnist. I'm joined by Drew Hill, our Tiger basketball beat writer, and Jason Munns, our producer, writer extraordinaire. Um, another big week in Tiger basketball news. Um, Before we get to that, Mark, how's your Monday? My Monday is going great. I do not have a case of the Mondays. Good. Yeah, I've got a case of the every day. I do. I have the Mondays. Yeah, well, I'm looking for this. Is gonna be this is a big week. You got. Cincinnati and UConn for Tiger basketball. We got the trade deadline for the Grizzlies. Um, the AAF is starting hey, this yeah, week. Yeah, football is back is it, is, here. Still, you know, yeah. it, it never ended. Um, you know, it, there's plenty of stuff to get you past the the hangover of uh, a kind of a dreadful Super Bowl. Um, but no, but in, in Tiger basketball news, I mean, it was another big week. The Tigers had a Pretty. I don't know if disastrous is the right word. Just a, dis, a, a disheartening road trip, um, losing two games to um, Tulsa and USF, kind of squashing the faint hopes of maybe this team getting an at-large berth. What, um, whatever the opposite of ideal is, that's what I would say it was. Yeah, we, and we also, you know, got the latest sort of reverberations from Penny Hardaway's comments comments last week. Um, and we'll start there and then get into the basketball part. Um, if you weren't aware, on College Game Day on Saturday, Reese Davis kind of went in on Penny um, and his comments about other, you know, other coaches being jealous was of perceived him. to have went in. Perceived to have. Well, he. We'll get into it. Drew got a response from from Reese this morning, um, clarifying his remarks. I would just say when you hear the clarification. He can say whatever he wants now. In the moment, he was going in on Penny and making, you know, like he was definitely, you know, throwing shade at Penny's remarks. Um, but, and to be fair, I sort of did too. I think um, I think we should we should start with what the comment actually right, yeah. was. So so Drew, go ahead read read what read what Reese's original comment was from College Game Day. So it was in reference to Penny's heart, Penny's comments that other coaches are jealous of his NBA pedigree just and, green with jealous rage right and so reese davis said you know what else penny is jealous of people who were better than him in the nba and penny's probably jealous of coaches around the country who have a bigger budget a better plane a better practice facility because as great american philosopher jerry seinfeld once said oh i'm jealous of everybody everybody is jealous of everybody penny so here's an idea Win some more games, keep recruiting, and make them even more jealous. That yeah. was the original comment. Gotcha. So it was, you know, and I would just say the tone of it is what made it seem like, like when you read it like that, right? It was it was a tone meant to excite. Yeah, it yeah. was a tone. It was a confrontational tone. Right. Is how I would phrase it, and so that's why it kind of came off as, oh, he's taking a shot at Penny, and. You know, like I said last week, and I think Reese sort of is sort of saying the same thing in that I think Penny's probably right. You know, I just don't know if he should have said it. Um, but you then texted with Reese this morning 
Apparently, Tom Bowen was on the radio this morning and kind of yeah. He, just give us the rundown of what you kind of have. Uh, I won't read up. his entire quote, but but Bowen basically just said that you know with the trajectory that they're on and Penny's sort of rise not only to you know in the ranks of college coaching with his recruiting abilities and and, and things of that such, but also just his fame just continues to grow if that's even possible now as a as the Memphis coach. As yeah, that as that know. continues, well, yeah, he maybe was more famous as like right, the right. little penny but now, days. But yeah. now, like the casual it's college a basketball it's fan, a rebirth. Yes, yeah. is paying more attention to him. Um, he's basically saying that you know he was a little surprised by the comments, but he didn't pause at them because he just sort of understood that that's going to continue to happen. People are going to say, you know, whatever they want to say on social media, and they're going to talk about it, and they're going to write about it. So he didn't really pause, and then I texted Reese this morning. Look at you! I texted my, fr- I know. my friend Reese. Like we're just glossing over. The so fact okay, that he's well, got... here's here's the deal. He also went to Alabama, so I've got a oh, uh, so now I've got a little <laughs> got a little connection there. Look at Drew just going to his his boys in the media. Yeah. <laughs> Tied taking care of their own there. Okay, guys. All right. Says the guy who texts Seth Greenberg all the time. I uh, got it. Was that him that just texted? No, that, that was wasn't. not him. Oh, okay. Um, Seth says hello, by the way. <laughs> anyways, Reese said, all I meant was it's the human condition, unfortunately, that everyone is jealous of everyone. That's why I used the Seinfeld quote. Penny's remark got a lot of play. I was responding to it in somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek fashion. What seemed to be overlooked was that I said Penny was right. They are jealous of his NBA resume. And I said, win even more games and make them even more jealous. I'm sure Penny is facing stuff on the recruiting trail that's annoying. But the idea, from my viewpoint, was that everybody does. Keep doing your thing. And then he, he goes on to give his little uh, comment on the end about, about Memphis food. He goes, hopefully he will, and we will get game day back there someday. I'm jealous of the people who can eat rendezvous and Gus's anytime they want to. So, there you go. There you have it. I don't... Th- you know, I Look think, at him pandering yeah. to the crowd at the end. Yeah, he should have, if we, if he was a real, Memf, you know, Memphian kind of Memphis connoisseur, he would have said like Central Barbecue or Germantown Commissary. But Rendezvous fine. It's I, I don't blame him. I don't. I well, don't blame to him. be fair, that's the barbecue that Penny has used when he's been asked. That's true. About that that's true. Well, they're, they're also Penny also knows how to. There's a big reason Penny, why Penny also knows how to uh, knows how to work a sponsorship. <laughs> Run <Rendezvous> sponsors <laughs> University of Memphis. Um, yeah, he's no dummy. <laughs> but no, and you know, here's the thing about Reese Davis's kind of the, the grander in the grand scheme of things. Here's why it it, it why it frames what happened this week is that. Memphis losing two games in a row on the road to teams that, you know, quite frankly, they, you know, on any given day could have beaten um, and, and, and losing in the way they did, falling behind big um, in the first half of both games, including, you know, Saturday's game at USF where they fall behind 19 nothing and 27-1. It was just poorly timed with Penny's comments like the the program was kind of in the spotlight because of Penny's comments whether you agreed with them or not um, people were paying attention and that's probably that's part of the reason why you know I don't necessarily blame people who like what Penny's saying because it is I mean Memphis wouldn't have been on college game day if um, Penny doesn't say what he says 
at the same time, they also wouldn't have gotten kind of called out by Reese Davis if Penny doesn't say. So it's a it's a double edged sword. You know, you could go either way. But just framing what happened this week, I mean, it just kind of showed you that, you know, I think Penny maybe got a little ahead of himself. Um, you know, he's you know, and again, he wasn't wrong. Like he's right. They can compete with anyone in the country, probably, you know, or most teams in the country, let's say. And that UCF win was really impressive. But they're also, I just don't think this team is emotionally ready to have that sort of spotlight on it. Um, Now, maybe next year's team will be. um, And, you know, I, I wrote this in my column. I thought this was the first week where Penny sort of seemed like a first time college head coach. Um, in that he has not been able to solve, you know, it seemed like everything that had gone wrong for this team, Penny had had a solution for. Um, and it seems like these slow starts, he has yet, it's the first thing where it feels like he has not had an immediate solution. And then obviously, I think you could argue what he said last week backfired a little bit on him. Um, he probably would not say that. Um, and I think some fans would probably not say that, but. Um, in my opinion, it sort of did in that it, it didn't bring, whereas in previous times where he said stuff, the national attention has been largely positive and it didn't feel like if there was some positive, you know, some people agreed with him, but there, it was, it was a polarizing comment that he made. Yeah. Um, it's a tough deal because when is the right time to make a comment like that? I mean, ultimately he's just sticking up for his program and himself. Yeah. Um, and so there's something admirable about that. He's willing to do that, you know, whenever, but I just think there's certain times where you just need to, you know, let your play do the talking. Yeah. I don't think that, I mean, it, it's weird because he made that comment right after the UCF win, right? A, A good week they had, um, and then you go on the road and, and and things don't go quite as well. So, you know, do you make that comment after, like now? Or, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird yeah. thing. Well, and, I don't and, know if there's and, ever a good time to make a comment. And when I say he looks like a, looked like a first-time head coach for the first time, like I actually think, I said this in my com, it, that's a compliment. The fact that it's taken till right, now right, right. for him to have a moment like this sure. is really impressive. And I, and I want to stress, like, Every first-year head coach, whether it's a coach who's coached in college before or someone who's doing it for the first time, but anyone who's in their first year at a program runs into moments like this where what you're trying to do just doesn't really match up with the personnel you have yet, you know, because it's just yes. hard. It's very rare that someone comes in, you know, like I, the, the only person that really comes to mind who came in their first year like gangbusters was like, you know, Bruce Weber at Illinois made the Final Four his first year there because Bill Self left him a ton. But you know that was you know ten fifteen years ago. But generally, and spe- that goes across all sports. Yeah, generally speaking, hiccups like last week happen yeah. in first years. Like this is you know, it's like if this is happening next year, yeah, then we got a problem right. probably. Right. But like right now, like this is normal. Yeah. You know what were these ebbs and flows? that this team's going through, particularly at home and on the road, like it's normal. Um, and I think it's reflective of just the type of team this is this year, the type of team, you know, I think a lot of people expected this year. Like, I don't think they're, they're not trending below what anyone expected. I don't think, I think, 
yes, maybe last week was disappointing when you look at it at a micro level, but when you look at it at a macro level, like this has not been a disappointing season at right. this point. Yeah. Um, what you were there, Drew, um, at these two losses, um, Tulsa and Tampa. Um, what, like, what? How do you explain what's going on at the beginning of games for this team? Mark, I think you might have stumped me. Yeah. No, I just don't think there really is a a, a viable explanation. I, I, I personally don't see the excuse for it. Like, there's not an excuse for it. Penny would agree that there's no excuse for it. I thought the most interesting comments of everyone um, about the slow starts was actually from Rainier Thornton after the Tulsa game. And Rainier was walking in the hallway afterwards and he had his, his headphones on and you could tell, you know, he was frustrated that they lost the game. And, um, after, you know, Phil Stukenborg, the SID sort of jockeyed with him and to get him to answer questions, he's like, all right, fine. And he got up there and he's the most frustrating thing for them. And he sort of pointed this out is the solution seems so simple, you know, just come out and play hard. <laughs> But they can't, for whatever reason, they can't figure it out. When um, I think it goes a little beyond, it's Penny said something Thursday that I thought was really interesting. Like, this is just, this is a team. I think the other issue they run into is when things don't go well, they tend to, rather than doubling down on what the game plan is, they want, and, and it's an it's, it's endearing characteristic most of the time, but they want to solve the problem. You know, they, they, all these guys, a lot of these guys on this team have like kind of an alpha, per, not an alpha personality, but just a, just a tendency to want to fix it themselves. And they're all doing it in the, with the right motivation. But when it, but when they do it in the game, it, it just looks like disjointed, you know, basketball and it doesn't work. They don't, they don't have enough talent to pull it off at this point to have just you know Tyler just trying any and you know like we saw Jeremiah have this just incredible second half I mean 41 points in one half when do you ever that was insane I'm not sure you I mean like I'm not I'm just not sure I I wonder how many times that's ever happened in college basketball yeah I was gonna say can I I make a point I need to I need to make a point that that this this really bothered me so of course, the story that I write off of Jeremiah or off of the game for the next day was Jeremiah's 41-point performance, and I walked with Jeremiah from the court where he was after the game, waiting to do his radio interview on the sideline, back to the towards the media room. Um, he ended up not speaking at the podium, but you know he still went back there anyway, and. Um, Jeremiah, like there are players that you feel like it might not be completely genuine where they score 50 points and they say they're upset that the team lost, but it doesn't really seem like they're upset. Jeremiah was genuinely (laughs) angry that they lost that game. Um, And it was very, very clear. And I I made the point on Twitter and and in the story, it's very hard to replace guys like that, in my opinion, and I don't care who's how talented the players are coming in. That's not a shot at anybody coming in. That's just saying. That's just going to show that Jeremiah is absolutely 
one of the type of people that you would want in charge of this team, leading to lead this team, and he is a gamer like that. And it's just very frustrating to me that not all of the Memphis faithful, so to speak, and you can tell from my mentions, are completely behind You know the fact that when Jeremiah is gone, this team is going to miss a guy like that. Well, here's what I would say in response, and probably what other people would say in response, is Jeremiah is the leader and captain of this team. These slow starts are partly on him. Right. No, like, they're fair. on Penny for not, you know, not being able to push the right buttons yet. But, like, it's not, honestly, like, it, the freshmen, it's not their job to, you know, it, that's, they're, they're not at that level yet. where They're not emotionally, they, they shouldn't be counted on to get this team going. It's guys like Jeremiah and Keevan and Rainier. It's those guys who need to lead this team on the road. Like, like, like the bottom line is Jeremiah got in foul trouble in the first half of that game and had, like, just as amazing as it was that he had 41 points in the second half, it's just as frustrating that he didn't score in the first half when, you know, the the bottom came out of from the, uh, on this thing. And I think that's all very fair. I, I think that's fair criticism. I don't have any issue with that. It's just it's just the attitude towards uh No, but Jeremiah David. is a great tiger. Right. Like he right. should that's be remem- the point that I want to make. Right. He will be right. remembered as you know, he you know, you're not gonna probably remember him as one of the greatest players of all time, but what he's been through, going through three coaches and being the he's one the, only guy the that one that stayed, the one that stayed. Like that is you know, that that is not not only admirable, it's you know, you hope he gets his just due here down the stretch from Memphis fans for what he's accomplished here. I mean, this is a guy who was committed to Louisiana Tech, was really overlooked from here in the city, and got a scholarship offer last minute to Memphis and wanted so badly to be here in Memphis, he switched up his recruitment at the last minute. And I don't think... When he was recruited, many people thought he'd be the player he is right now. You know, he's a guy who's going to make money playing basketball. I don't know if he's going to play in the NBA, but he's going to make right. money playing basketball. Right. I made that after point this. Yesterday. He will. He'll play somewhere, whether that be overseas or somewhere. But at the same time, to be like to be completely honest, he has not been nearly as consistent as he was a year ago, and I don't know whether that's because you know his off season was taken away by injuries. Or, you know, and I think he's had some issues just figuring out what exactly his role is now that he's not just the ball-dominant guy on this team. But he just hasn't been, you know, he was better, even though I don't think he ever had, you know, he never certainly didn't have a performance like he did in the second half the other day last year. He was a better player last year. And that's not, that's not necessarily to knock what he is this year. That's how great he was last year. And he just has not yet... Like like that second half was the first time where it felt like, oh, the, here here he is, and maybe like let's hope. I mean, this is a big week now coming up, just in terms of perception of the season. I guess you have two home games now against Cincinnati and UConn. A real chance, you know. Cincinnati obviously is one of the best teams in the league, and a, you know a rival for this program. And UConn, even though it's not the UConn of old still has that, you know, that it, like beating UConn will resonate more than if they had beaten USF because UConn's name still means something in college basketball. Right. 
and it's you know I think there's going to be good crowds, and obviously this team has shown it is really good at home, and you know it's this is a chance to kind of you know you win these two games, it, it kind of takes away the sting of what happened this past week. You know it was incredible to me, and I didn't know this until Brian Gregory, the USF coach, pointed it out. That was the first time USF has ever won five games in this league. That's that's that is really bad. That is really poor. No, they, they, mean, are, they they are they're, they're good this year. I mean, look at that. They look, have Ryan Gregory's a perfect example of what like why like this past week in like a grand scheme of things doesn't matter that much. In that, I mean, I think they won like seven games last year in his first year. I mean, they were dreadful last year. They're, the high point was they you know beat the tar out of Memphis here on at home um, or Memphis, yeah, at FedEx Forum, and it was kind of like the stake in the heart of the Tubby Smith era if there even you know it may have already been over at that point but it really was over after that and now look at in year two he's got some better players in there and they're like a borderline bubble team it seems like maybe not quite but they probably won't make the tournament but they're certainly a lot better and I think the exact same thing's going to happen to Memphis except Memphis is going to be you know whereas USF's going to be starting from going from seven wins to whatever they end up with this year. Memphis is hopefully going to be like an 18 to 20 win team. And, you know, you'd hope becomes a 25 to 30 win team, you know, next year with all these big recruits coming in. 30's a big ask. Yeah, 30's probably too much. But at 25, let's say they're a 25 win team and like safely in the tournament. That's that that that's what I think people's hopes are. And, and they're competing for a conference title. I think that's what sort of everyone hopes and and probably expects with the level of recruiting Penny has done for next year and continues to do. Um, but they do need to solve this road issue, and it'd be not, you know this week isn't really a chance to do that. But they will have a chance. You know, Tulsa played that matchup zone against them, and that's exactly what They're Cincinnati is going to do. Yeah. And Cincinnati's going to be it's going to be a better version of that matchup zone. And so they're going to need to they're going to need to show they can knock down some shots. They're going to need a better effort. I think Keevan Davenport's been really disappointing lately. Um really incons- like the and disappointing again in the same vein as Jeremiah. He's disappointing because we know he can be better than what he's shown in some of these road games. Right. And they really need his shooting and his scoring because like I said, you know, like you can you can talk about like Tyler Harris and Alo and Antoine Jones's performance kind of vacillating up and Which down. We should note that Penny uh, Antoine played five minutes um, in that game on Saturday, and I asked Penny afterwards if there was a reason for that, and the reason was that he's just not ready to play right now. He's not mentally ready to play right now. So, Well, he's physically ready to play. He's one of yes. the best, t- most talented guys on this team, if not the most talented. But, yeah, no. I mean, again, this that's a perfect example of you want to have him ready for next year, if that makes any sense. You know, you want to have him totally bought in next year when when the results really matter. And so if, if, if it takes some short ta- short-term pain in terms of not using him as much as probably he could be used to in order to get some long-term gain and sort of get him on board and back on track, then I'm all for it. Um, but what I was getting at is that those freshmen, their their performance is vacillating, but that's because they're freshmen. That's what happens. You know, freshmen go up and down. They have great games, and they have games where you're like, where the heck did that come from? 
And to me, for this team to achieve what it, you know, it's sort of its peak, it needs more consistent effort out of the older guys. Um, it needs Jeremiah to score 41 points, but do it by scoring 20 and 21 in each half, not 41 or 47. <laughs> Although I'm still that, that performance on the second half, that was scintillating. If I mean, will. there I were, mean, it was just, he was just knocking down step back. I mean, it was, I, I said, I compared it to James Harden and that's what it looked like. It looked like it was James Harden out there just driving to the basket hitting these really hard step backs like it was just And it was incredible. against one of the best defensive teams in the league and one of the longest teams in the league and he picked them apart. He he picked them apart. I mean there's really no other way to put it. Do you um, see this as like a spark for the rest of the year? I mean, do you think he's going to look more like last it year? Depend. He needs to shoot. Like, he has not shot the ball as well from outside shoot, as he did he a year ago. 27% going and, into the game. So, and, yeah. and and if he shoots it like that, like, you know, I'm not expecting him to go, he was 7 of 8 from 3. 7 of 9. 7 yeah. of 9. Like, I'm not expecting that. But, like, if he can hit three threes a game, yeah, I mean, I think, difference. you know, like it's a huge difference for this team. Like, and that's what he was doing last year. He did. He was not only capable of taking everyone off the dribble, which he's always been able to do. He was knocking down two or three threes to keep defenses honest um, last year. But did you get the sense from him, Drew, that maybe this was, you know, that he felt like, you know, that he, I don't know, that he, um, he feels good, you know, really good going forward? I guess. Um it's it's hard. It was hard to pick up on that afterward because he was so disappointed. So disappointed yeah. that they lost. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he you know he said at this point in time, Penny's sort of just given him the longest leash possible and just said, you know, go out there and play your game. Right. Um, and he shot. I mean, he tied his career high in field goal attempts in that game. He was making shots, so yeah. Memphis had no problem with him taking twenty shots. Yeah. Um. But in a typical game, he's not going to shoot that much. So it's hard. It's really, I mean, that's a tough question to really tell off of one performance. Yeah. I think this team in general, I don't know if they'll beat Cincinnati, but I think they're going to come out like gangbusters. Right. I don't think I don't think they're going to have a bad start. No way. I think they're going to play well. I think, you know, I, I have a feeling, you know, I, I'm really interested in this week because I want to see how they're going to adjust from, this is basically the most sort of adversity they've faced since going to Orlando for that tournament. Would you agree, Drew? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Like, and so I, this is again, like, you know, you look at it on a micro level, whether they beat Cincinnati or not, doesn't, not not that doesn't matter, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to change the trajectory of the program, but at a macro level, how they respond to this adversity and how they adjust, how Penny adjusts. Penny said it sucks that they're losing, but this he agreed with Brian Gregory. It's moments of adversity where coaching is matters the most and is the most fun almost for coaches because now's the time where you know you get to make the changes. Well, and it's these moments where you learn more about who Penny is as a coach. Like we, you know. We tend to overlook, again, that he is a first-time college coach, and this season is about experimenting. It's about figuring out what works, and he's pushed all the right buttons until, you know, about a week ago, and 
Now he's run into some issues and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he solves the issues because it's going to give us sort of an indication of, you know, who he could become, who he'll become next year when, again, like I said, with the recruiting they're doing, it's, you know, next year is where, you know, sort of like all these critics, this is like, you know, they can talk about, you know, his comments, but next year is where his where the critics will really have ammunition if he isn't able to win. Right now, it's like, yeah, they lost. They, yeah, it's a bad look that they lost these two games after Penny said what he said. But ultimately, it doesn't really affect what he's doing overall with the program. And, and what a great chance to be able to try and do it against one of the league's best teams coming back because... When a team that's given yeah. Memphis issues over the years right. and is a traditional it's a, it's a rival, to get over the hump. it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I think these next two games, getting Cincinnati and UConn, in and here. we should also—it's you know ten thirty right now, so the new rankings haven't come out. But Cincinnati was twenty seventh in votes last year in the or last week in the AP poll, um, and it looks like a couple teams could potentially drop out. Maryland lost. North Carolina State's going to drop out. They scored 24 points. I don't know if you saw that game. Talk about a boring game. That's That was worse than the Super Bowl. Um, and then, you know, Buffalo could potentially drop out. So Cincinnati could be a ranked team when they come in uh, Thursday night. We shall see. Well, hopefully we'll see you out at FedEx Forum um, for those two games. It's going to be, I, I like I said, I think it's going to be a really fun atmosphere for both games and, and, uh, Hopefully Memphis gets back on track. This, if you know, Cincinnati's a chance for Penny to really get a signature win. Like I think the UCF game was a statement win. Beating Cincinnati would be a signature win for Penny to really kind of hang his hat on in this first year. Um, so uh, let's see if they can do it. Um, Till next week, I was Mark. I was joined by Drew and Jason. Thanks so much, and uh, have a good week.